Okay, very good. People just assume because I'm young I know how to work these things and technology. But I'm just as ignorant as everybody else. But, uh, amen. No, it's been, it's been very good being here. We've, I mean, y'all have been far better to us than, than we ever could have deserved. And, and uh, it's, it's been a, a huge blessing. This has become, it feels like a, a second home to us. Like I, like I said before, uh, you're my pastor's pastor. So it's like our, our grandparents, you know, it's just, it's, it's very good. And just all the, the history that, that's been here. And, and uh, we couldn't have asked for a, a, a better time. And so that's why I told pastor, that's why we have to leave now. Because if we stayed any longer, you'd get sick of us. And it would be a conflict now. It's, it's all happy memories, you know, so... Isaiah in chapter 1, um, if you found your place there, if you'll go ahead and stand for the honor of the reading of the Word of God. We're just going to look at one verse this afternoon. So Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18. The Bible says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, we just thank you for a great day in your house. Lord, thank you for um, all the people that came, the, the, the study that went in. Lord, the, the fact that your, your name was lifted up, that you are worthy to be praised. You are the high and holy one. Lord, you are the high and lofty one uh, in this morning message. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to us again. Lord, speak to our hearts directly. Lord, allow me not to say anything that I shouldn't say, but Lord, have me say everything that you would have us to say and, and get everything out of this message you'd have us to do. Lord, hide me behind your cross. Lord, fill me with your spirit. Give me the power to preach. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done and are going to do, Lord, with this message and in the hearts of these people and with this church. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you may be seated. Uh, the title of this message is Clean and Clear. Clean and Clear. And so just a, just a little bit of context and where we are uh, in, in the book of Isaiah. This is, this is um, the first uh, chapter 1 and verse 1, the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Verse 2, hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib, but Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider. And Isaiah is, is, is he, he doesn't ease into this by any means. He just, he just gets right after it. The Lord gave him a message, and he just goes right after the people, and he says, the Lord has, has, has created these people, he's lifted these people up, and they've rebelled against me. And this is before, this is before uh, we all, we're all familiar with the, the vision Isaiah gets in, in Isaiah chapter 6, and, and how he sees the seraphim flying around the, the throne of God, and, and, uh, and they're telling each other, they're not telling God, they're, they're, they're talking to each other. If you look at, at the, the verses, and they're saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And they're, they're screaming the, the holiness of God, and, and we know Isaiah says, Woe me, a man of unclean lips, and and he's, he's, he's humbled by this experience, but he's, he's already rebuking, he's already preaching the Word of God before he has that vision. And I think many of us today are, are, are waiting for this light bulb moment for us to start serving God. We're waiting for, for, for you know, that, 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 that message or, or that one thing that's just going to happen, and all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to go serve God now. And, and I think we can pull from this is that God reaches people and God meets with His people when they're already in the act of serving Him, when they're already doing what they know that they should be doing, when they're already diligent in the things of God, that's when God shows up. So Isaiah is already busy in the things of God. He's already doing 
doing what God is, has told him to do, and he's got a message that's not very popular for the people of Judah. And, and, and if we know anything about the, the history of Israel and Judah, and, and at this time, Judah's supposed to be the good one. Judah's supposed to be they're the ones that actually had good kings, or the people that actually tried to follow the Lord. They still go into the temple and made sacrifices unto the Lord. And Judah's supposed to be the, the good one. And yet Isaiah says, uh, people that have rebelled against me. And he says, the ox knoweth his owner. He's, he's saying that, that donkeys and oxes know more about God than what you do. Our pastor, or your pastor, he, he often quotes the frames, you know, rocks and donkeys. They praise, they, they, they are able to praise the Lord, so, so we should be able to do something, right? But he's saying the oxen and the donkey, they at least know who feeds them. They know where they should be thankful. They know what, what, what hand is, has given them what they have. And, 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 and we, uh, the people of Israel, are looking uh, and going every other which way and worshiping false gods and, and basically doing everything but what they're supposed to be doing. He says, verse 4, Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with inequity, a seed of evildoers, children... <coughs> excuse me. Uh, children that are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord, and they have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger, and they are gone away backward. Uh, look over in verse 9. Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom, and we should have been likened to Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. He likens his chosen people, he likens Israel to so the wicked Sodom and Gomorrah that he had to destroy. And he says, To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts. I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he goats. When he comes to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts? He's saying, Why are you even coming to the temple anymore? Why are you even coming to pretend like you're, you're worshiping me? Why are you even wasting the time to come here? And I, I loved it this morning in, in Sunday school, if you're with the, the young couples class, Brother Benson said, what is your purpose on even being here? What is your purpose on coming to church? He says, why are you here? He says, in verse 13, Bring no more vain oblations, incense is an abomination unto me, the new moons, the Sabbaths, the callings of assemblies I cannot away with, it is inequity, even the solemn meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. And when ye spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when ye make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. He's saying your sacrifices are no good to me. You being here is no good to me. Why? Because they're, they're doing all these other wicked things. They're going out and worshiping these other false gods. And just because at, at this time it's, they, were, they would show up on Saturday to, 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 the, to, to the temple and, and offer up their, their, uh, their sacrifices and offer up their, their praises and, and offer up these things to God, but they didn't mean it. It was just a facade. It was a fake. It was like showing up and, and with, with all your dress, your, your, your nice clothes on, and you're trying, to, you're trying to fool everyone else around you that you're not living this, this wicked lifestyle. You're not going about this, this, this wicked way. And God says, I'm sick of it. I'm, I'm, he said, I am fed up and sick with your rejoicing. I'm fed up and sick with you pretending to be a child of God when you're not. And we remember the, the whole point of Israel was to show the, the pagan world around them who the real God was. 
I mean, that was the whole point. We, when, when Solomon was lifted up and, 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 and people came from all over just to see what God was doing in Israel and all these great things and how He had blessed, and just to hear of the wisdom of this man. And, and we know about uh, um, uh, the Queen of Sheba and how she came and said it wasn't half of what she'd been told. And we know that that was the purpose of Israel. And yet God is having to take this time, taking this time with His people that are supposed to be showing the rest of the world Him and now he's telling them, hey, you have to come back to me. He's taking this time where Israel is supposed to be going and reaching the rest of the world and going and showing the rest of the world the glory of God, and yet God is having to come back and call his own people to himself again. And, and frankly, that's the, that's the amazing part of this verse, of our verse in, in, in verse 18. And I think that it's, it's incredible that, that God, even though they've been incredibly wicked, even though they've been sinning against the, the holy God, and he, he goes to he rebukes them and he says, come now. That God's in the same place. He's, he's, he, he hasn't moved from his position on his throne. He's still there and he's still there today. But he's saying, come to me. Stop what you're doing. Stop going in the opposite direction. And we know through history that Israel continues down this trail. There's a, there's a, a short period where the, uh, the king and the people around him and Josiah, they, they have revival and they... They turn back to God for a period of time, but his son is more wicked than anyone else that's been in there. And they go quickly back to the ways of the world and quickly back into following after false gods. But, but they're going to continue down that path. And he's saying, hey, just turn around. Come back. He's saying, come now. And let us reason together. Isn't that amazing? We talked about it this morning, how, how it's the God that, that, that knows the number of the stars and knows them by name, the, the God of the universe, the God that's created everything, and yet He cares enough about you and I that He would come to, and, and, and lower Himself to a position where He would reason with us. Where He would go and He would... He, he owes us nothing. If you, it, he owes us nothing. And yet he would take the time to come and say, let us reason together. And it's not reason like a, like a, like a used car dealer would, would reason or haggle with somebody and trying to, trying to get you into, into buying something and, and look the other way or, or, or trying to trick you into something. But he's literally reasoning. He's literally debating with them and trying to, to persuade them to this truth. Trying to persuade them into something that's actually good for them. That's actually better for them. That's uh, something that actually matters and, 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 and uh, will, will equivalent to something in, in the future. And, and he's, he's trying to reason with them. And notice that his reasoning, he doesn't waste any time. Just know that God is not afraid of or ignorant to your questions or hesitations in following him. He knows. He talks about it in, 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 in 1 Corinthians. And he talks about the, the, the foolishness of, of, of the, the wisdom of God is foolishness to this world. He knows what it looks like. He knows how it appears. He knows what it sounds like to you and I's carnal ears. He knows what these things are, but yet he says, let us reason together. Because let me show you a better way. Let me show you the truth of this. <clears throat> but he's very straightforward in his dealings. Many of us, when we, we try to reason with somebody and we're trying to, 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 to witness to them or tell them about the Lord or tell them why they, they need a Savior, we kind of beat around the bush. I notice many men's tactics is they try to sneak up with them on the, with the gospel. You know, you're having a conversation, and the next thing you know, you're talking about Jesus. And, and uh, I have much more of a, a bull in a china shop method. I'm, uh, this is the gospel. We're talking about it. And, uh, but, 
what, however the Lord leads you to do that in conversational wise, but they try to sneak up with them with the gospel. And they're like, so what do you, what do you think about this? And, and try to sneak up around them. Or, or um, many times we'll, we'll, we'll try to offer all these positive attributes of, of following Jesus or what it means to be a Christian. And we'll talk about the joy unspeakable or, or knowing true peace or, or uh, uh, having fulfillment or, or uh, not attacking you, but purpose in your life. And, and uh, we'll talk about all these things and those things are all good and they're true, but they're extra. That's not getting to the point. That's not what they really need. There's plenty of things. I mean, look at where we, we live in, a, in America, the richest country that the world has ever known. We live in the Laodicean age where, where you know, everyone is rich and in need of nothing. I mean, we're in Johnson County, Kansas, the richest county in Kansas. There's people around here with, with houses that I can't even, uh, uh, even dream about owning or living in one day. And you're trying to go up there and tell them that, hey, you can offer them happiness. Or, or, or peace or joy, and they're like, I, I think I'm good. Thanks, bud. Get off my porch. They don't, want, they don't care to hear those types of things. It's not, but it's, it's not even what they, they need. They miss the mark and don't get to the root of the issue. You know, fun fact, if you make over $25,000 a year after taxes, you're in the top 10% of the wealthiest people in the world. Isn't that crazy? The poverty line is like 24000 If you make over 25000 a year after taxes, you're in the top 10% wealthiest in the world. If you make over $60,000 a year after taxes, you're in the top 1%. You're one percenters. You're the one percent. You're the ones that everyone hates and all the socialists we're going after. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, <clears throat> but we, 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 there's so much here already. And, and, and trying to offer someone the positive attributes or positive things of Christianity misses the mark entirely. God gets right to the point. He says, though your sins be as scarlet. He says, we've already addressed your sins. We, we, you, you, it's your sins. Though, he's saying not, well, although your sins, you know, I'll look past those. So he's saying, your sins. Though your sins. That's a definite article. He's saying, your sins are the problem. Isaiah 59 and, and verse 1, it says, Behold, the Lord hand is not shortened that he cannot save neither is ear heavy that he cannot hear but your inequities have separated between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear you know your sin separates you so much from your God that he won't hear your prayers you can your, your sin can separate you from take you away from the fellowship of God that he doesn't hear your prayers he's saying verse 3 for your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers inequity <clears throat> to, to hate your brother means you're, you're guilty of murder. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue hath muttered perverseness. You know, every idle word that you speak is going to be judged. None calls for justice, nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth Inequity. These are the sins that Israel committed that separated them from their God. From, from, a, from a carnal perspective, from a human perspective, those don't seem that severe. I mean, they spoke lies. They uttered perverseness. They told a, a dirty joke. And yet, those, sin, those sins separated them so much from their God that it says, has his hand shortened that it cannot save. Neither is, is his ear heavy. 
It's, it's their sins. It's the sins of Israel that, that limited the Holy One of Israel, that limited all that God wanted to do with Israel and all that He had uh, purpose for them to do. It's the same sins that limit what you and I can do for God and what He wants to do with, uh, through us today. <clears throat> We're all sinners, right? Romans 3.10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. This is not a cop-out or an excuse that, that people can, can just put out why they make so many failures or why they can't do right. You know, well, we're all sinners. That's true. But you have to get to the point, and this is where God was trying to get Israel into dealing with this sin, is you have to get to the point in, in realization where you confess that you are a sinner. That there is no good in you. A little later on, Isaiah will say, all your righteousnesses are as filthy rags. That means there's nothing good that I have to offer. And that, that all the, the good works of man is altogether vanity. And there's nothing good that I bring to this table. And that I am a sinner. And that I deserve hell. And I deserve punishment. And I don't deserve to know this God. I don't deserve to know the holy God of the universe. The, he's, he can't allow sin. Deuteronomy 32.4 He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all His ways are judgment. A God of truth without inequity. Just and right is He. We talked about it today. God is love. God, God is love. It's also the just judge. And He can't look the other way on sin. He can't not, sin cannot go unpunished before the just judge. If there was a, a judge in a human sense, if there was a, 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 a courtroom here and the man was, was guilty of murder and he looked the other way and he says, hey, you know, I know your family, I know where you're from, I know you didn't mean to, I'm just going to look the other way and let you go. That's not justice. If a man's life was lost, if a man's life was taken and he just pardons this man with, without dealing with it at all, that's not justice. That's not how our God deals with it. I'm thankful that the verse doesn't end there, though. It says, Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. He goes, God says, although you're a sinner, although that you've sinned, although that you've separated yourself from me, because God's in the same spot. He hasn't moved. It's us that's walked away from Him. It's us that broke that fellowship. He's given to us the ministry of reconciliation. It means that we broke that fellowship with God, but yet He's, he's did all the work to reconcile us back to Him. Jesus bore our sin on His cross. What would take you and I an eternity to pay off, He suffered an eternity on that cross for us. The infinite God humbled Himself, made Himself as a man lower than the angels, and put Himself upon that cross. And the infinite God in that time on His cross spent an eternity. He infinitely paid for the sins of mankind. He tasted death for every man. 2 Corinthians 5.22 For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him, the just or the unjust, the perfect sinless Lamb of God for me. For you. When God looks at me, He no longer sees me. He no longer sees well, that moment that I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ and that He was the full payment of my sin and that there was nothing that I could do, there was nothing, no way I could work myself to Him, yet He paid it all for an all to Him I owe. <clears throat> the moment 
I put my faith and trust, and I, I, I called upon the Lord and, and asked Him to save me, and He did. God no longer sees me. He no longer sees my sin, but I'm robed in His righteousness. The perfect sinless Lamb of God, the one that, that came, that knew no sin, that never did anything wrong. He was perfect in every single way, and yet He suffered, bled, and died for you and I. God no longer looks at me, but He sees His Son. And God chooses to remember my sins no more. He says, they're far as the east is from the west. Now we know this. This is, this is the gospel, right? This is the truth. This is what every man and woman on this earth need to hear. It's our job to tell them that. And now, <clears throat> we have two things in Bible Christianity that we have to offer people that no other religion in the world even thinks to offer. They, they think it's arrogant and foolish to say this. To, to, to say that we can absolutely know that we have a home in heaven because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And, they, and, and to say that we, and, and a home in heaven, so future, it is, it's as sure as, as if I'm already there. The Bible says that we're glorified and, and we, we know that we have eternal life because Christ lives. And because he lives, we can know that we have eternal life with him. Right? Amen? The future I have a home in heaven. No other religion on earth will even say that. Many sects of Christianity today won't even say that. They say that's arrogant. You can't possibly know that you're good enough to go to heaven. You can't possibly know that you won't falter or sin or anything like this. But, but, Christ, but, but Jesus says you have everlasting life through Him. Everlasting life means you can't be taken away. It means you can't lose it. It means He paid it all for you. There's nothing I can do to, to earn it. There's definitely nothing I can do to keep it. So future tense, I have a home in heaven. Here and right now, I can have a clear conscience. I can be without offense toward God and toward men. Why? Because my sins are forgiven. You say, well, preacher, I've, I've lived a long life and I've, I've, I've done a lot of things. You don't know my past. You know, I, I, I believe that my sins are forgiven. I've got a home in heaven, but, but uh, there's things I struggle with. I, I think most of us here can say that. There's, there's things in our past that when the devil brings them to our mind, because remember here, God doesn't condemn, but He convicts. The Holy Spirit convicts. If the Holy Spirit convicts you, He's drawing you towards God. He's drawing you back to the things of God. He's drawing you to get right with God. If it's Holy Spirit conviction. If it's condemnation from the devil, it does the opposite. It drives you away from the things of God. It drives you away from the people of God. It wants to take you out of church. It wants to take you away from people that care about you and take you away from the things of God. That's condemnation. So whenever the devil brings something to your head and you remember, hey, I'm not worthy of being here. If people actually knew who I was or people actually knew who I did, they would never listen to me. They wouldn't, they wouldn't want to fellowship with me. They wouldn't want to, to, to have a relationship with me if the people of the church knew who I was before now. That's condemnation. That's Satan. That's a lie from the devil. But yet, we, we, you deal with that and you have that, that guilty conscience and you know you're not worthy. And the truth is, is that you're not. But Christ is. And now that, you were, that, that Christ died for you and that you live in Christ, you're no longer you. Does that make sense? You're, you, you're, your personality, your purpose, if you will, your whole being is, is founded in Christ. And so with that, you can have a clear conscience. With that, you can know that your sins are forgiven. With that, you can know that He paid it all. And all to Him I owe. You can have a clear conscience. Romans 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, 
who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So how does this all apply? How does this all wrap together nicely? Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple. The one institution that God made for the furtherance of his gospel is his church. His local New Testament church. God chose the church and the institution of that church to tell the world about him. It is our job to tell others about Christ. It is our job and our lives personally to reflect that of God and to show people and to lead people what God wanted to do with Israel and showing the whole world, the pagan world around, around them, who God is. It is your job to tell people who Christ is and to show them who Christ is. And it's his church that he chose to do that for the furtherance of his gospel. Yet we know that our sins can hinder that. We know that the sins of Israel hindered them. And if you think that your secret sins and doesn't affect anybody else and you do it and no one else even knows about it, God knows. And when your prayers are hindered, the church is hindered. When your fellowship and your walk with God is hindered, everyone else around you is hindered. And God cannot do what he wants to do through you because of our selfish actions, because of the, the pleasure that we choose for right now. <clears throat> and this church has a great history. I mean, 55 years. Are we okay with, with that? And cutting it up and settling and coasting from here on out until Jesus comes back? I don't think so. If we can get the, the piano player to come, just, uh, just begin playing softly, please. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Is there a moment in time in your life that you can look back on and you can distinctly remember turning from all what you were trusting in before, turning in everything you were trusting in, your good works, your good name, your reputation, your mom and your dad going to church, your baptism, your confirmation, whatever it may be, and that you turned and looked and trusted in Christ and Christ alone. If you've done that, can you raise your hand for me? all around the room. Praise the Lord. Friend, if you've never done that, today's a good day too. Behold, now is the time of salvation. Behold, today is the day. It's a good place to get saved. Somebody will be happy to take a Bible and to show you. Maybe you just say you did. And you've been faking it for a long time. Friend, are you done faking it? Friend, are you you done just trying to, to put on your best, trying to do a show? Why are you here? <clears throat> it doesn't matter. You have, this church has a, a beautiful choir. You just do so good with your music. You do such a, a great job. Beautiful pianos, beautiful uh, instruments and players. And, and I, I realize half the church is in the choir. But if that's all it is, if it's all it is, is we have good music, we sing, and we go home, 
we miss the point. God doesn't want, if, if, if your sacrifices are with the wrong spirit, if your sacrifices are with the wrong intentions, if you're just going and going through the motions, God doesn't accept it anyways. You're wasting your time and everybody else's. Maybe you say, I remember having a clear conscience. I remember when I got saved. I remember how, how, how pure and clean I felt. And I remember being before God, but I've strayed from that way. Friend, now is a great time to get back. God says, come. He's pleading with you now to come and to get it settled. Get right. Get back on track. Get that clear conscience again with God to know Him and have that relationship with Him. How shall we escape so great a salvation? Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this time. Lord, we thank you for your many great blessings. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for being a God that loves us so much that you come and reason with, with us. What is man that thou art mindful of him, that thou visitest him? Lord, that we're not worthy, but you are. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done and are doing. And we pray that you continue to work in hearts. Lord, do what I can't. Continue and prosper your word. Learn the things that you sing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Lord used that to speak to me, and uh, maybe there's some things in your life that you, uh, there's some sin that's kind of caused the gap between you and the Lord and your usefulness to, to his work. I just pray that you don't let uh, anything come between you and getting that right this afternoon as you sing a couple songs.
It was a good day in the Lord's house today. Just a few points of interest. I know we have this Tuesday, November 21st at 7 p.m. We will have the Lord's Supper for church members. And, of course, we won't have church on Wednesday. And the offices will be closed the 22nd through the 25th. Uh, next Sunday, we'll have Brother Rick Carter from Oklahoma City. Uh, he'll be with us all day next Sunday. And then uh, December 3rd will be our Christmas offering. Christmas Cantata coming up December 10th. It'll be at 2 p.m. The afternoon service being pushed to 2. And then uh, Patch Program December 17th. Ladies Christmas Party the 18th. And uh, like Pastor announced, uh, this will be the Ludkeys last Sunday with us. So uh, Brother Gus and his wife are going to step to the back. Uh, make sure you give them one final goodbye. And uh, it's been a blessing having them. So uh, it, was a good, it was a good day today. So I'm thankful for it. Thank you for church family. Brother Benson, do you mind leading us, closing us in a word of prayer?